Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Christians in My Soup, a weekly podcast by one of God's peculiar people, about God's peculiar people, for God's peculiar people. Proving that life is simply not as black and white as some would have us believe, but that sometimes life gets real and doesn't fit into any boxes, no matter how hard we try. This week's Christians in My Soup are Mel Lawrence, who is Minister at Large for Elmbrook Church in Wisconsin and Director of the Brook Network, and Sky Sports anchorman and former Blue Peter presenter Simon Thompson. Now, in truth, I don't know either Mel or Simon at all, other than through their respective Twitter feeds. But it was through said feeds that I came upon what I want to share with you all today. Those of you who've followed the show since the start, you'll be aware that just before Christmas I was made redundant by Brunel Manor. As you'd expect, I was hurt and angry. Also, as you'd expect, a number of my Christian friends started spouting verses of scripture and various Christian platitudes at me. What none of those people seemed to understand was that the journey from pain, hurt and anger in any difficult circumstances is just that. It's a journey. For some, it will, praise God, be an overnight journey. But for others, myself included, it's much longer than that. Part of that journey was struggling with, this isn't happening overnight, and, but where does my faith and God's word fit into all of this? You'll recall from the introduction to each podcast that the very point of the show is to prove that sometimes life gets real and doesn't fit into any boxes, no matter how hard we try. And one of the boxes that life sometimes doesn't seem to fit into is our faith as Christians. We do find ourselves questioning, why Lord? And then we get those who can be said to be so heavenly sighted they're no earthly good, who appear to live inside that bubble of faith spouting the aforementioned scriptures and platitudes. Now, don't get me wrong, their hearts are in the right place, and of course they mean well. But the hard truth for some of those people is that they're not living in reality. Or at very least not accepting that their reality isn't necessarily the same for others. And that's where Mel Lawrence's thoughts came in. He writes this. The only way to live a stable, healthy and fruitful life is to live in reality. There are many ways by which we could live in fantasies and illusions that will set us up for certain disappointment and maybe worse. The fantasy that we are able to have or control whatever we wish is one. The illusion that we are entirely helpless is another. The scriptures give us a true and reliable picture of what is true about life. The Bible offers reality, not spiritual platitudes that are merely wishful thinking. Romans 8 is a passage that anchors us in reality. It speaks of true pain and stresses and losses in life on the one hand, and it offers genuine hope on the other. The passage speaks honestly about suffering, calling it frustration and bondage to decay that leads to groaning. This is true of all creation, and so it's true of us. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, 
right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly, as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. So says Romans 8 verses 18 through to 25. All that leads to one of the most often quoted verses in the Bible, Romans 8:28. In all things God works for good of those who love him. This phrase has often been twisted into the following shape. God is good. God works all things together for good. Therefore, everything that happens must be good in some sense, and you should try and see the good things that are going to come out of your difficulties. But that's not what the verse says. What it actually says is that God, because he is God, works toward the good, and that he is doing so at all times, under all circumstances or in all things. It is not that all things are good. They're not. Not that all things add up to a positive sum. Life is not arithmetic. Not that all things become good things. Rather that God is at work amidst all things. Which means every day and every chapter of life, even the dark ones, he is at work. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't leave. Any work that God does is because he is God. Even the bad chapters of life end up being passageways to something better. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. There really is. Murder is not a good thing. Neither is cancer, adultery, starvation and impoverishment, enmity and unemployment. The grieving person does not have to translate a woeful loss into something good. Yet he or she can be assured that a sovereign God takes all circumstances under the sun losses as well as gains, and is able to continue to work goodness into the lives of those he loves. Most people who've lost something or someone valuable will agree that it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. And that's no platitude. Some Christians seek a quick fix to some trouble in life because they think the gospel of Christ will somehow seem insufficient if it can't deliver a speedy recovery although certainly the real issue is often the common human desire to avoid pain. But what makes us think God prefers immediacy to process? The entire Christian life is one of growth and development, and also the hard, educative process of rearranging one's life to adapt to significant losses. Our reactions to life's difficulties are some of the most profoundly maturing processes that anyone can experience. No wonder it takes time. If we live in reality, seeing suffering for what it really is, but knowing that there is true hope for the good, we're less likely to be devastated if we encounter some tragedy, and we'll be able to live in the goodness of God. That is reality. My thanks go to Mel Lawrence for allowing me to share those thoughts from Romans 8. But it's not just about living in reality. It's also about being real within that reality. As I was taking a break from scripting this week's show, I came across a retweet from UCB about the story of Simon Thomas, former Blue Peter presenter and now Sky Sports anchorman. Now, for time reasons, I'm only going to share certain parts of Simon's story from his blog. But if you'd like to read the whole story, you can find it at agriefshared.com. That's all one word, agriefshared.com. 
Simon writes this. At times it's been the messages of encouragement, not just from my close friends, but also from complete strangers that have kept me going and kept me from drowning. The vast majority have been lovely, touching and really helpful. A few haven't, but the recurring message has been, be strong. Now, before I go any further, I know that the vast majority of people who've said this over the past nine weeks have said it because they care. If they didn't care, they wouldn't even bother to write. But I want to explain why being strong is so very, very hard and why actually, right now, I'm anything but strong. As I write now, it's just after 3.30 in the morning. I'm into the 10th week of severe sleep deprivation. 1.30 is the earliest I've been up. 4.30 feels like a lion, and some nights I've not slept at all. I've tried most drugs, but nothing works anymore. I've stopped fighting it. I've stopped getting angry and come to realise that this is just another grim part of this strange path called grief. My body is weak. My mind is frazzled. I've taken people's advice and tried to exercise, but after five lengths of the pool I'm exhausted and it's only 25 metres. Gemma suffered with insomnia for many years. Some nights she wouldn't sleep at all and yet somehow was able to function the next day. But she always said that I was useless when I had nights like that. Most of the time now, I do feel useless. Physically, I feel the weakest I've ever felt. I couldn't be strong even if I tried. But out of the weakness of my sleep-deprived body, I've managed to keep my head above water. I managed to get my boy up each morning and get him ready for school. I managed to keep myself busy and not leave myself too many long periods alone in our house with my thoughts. And I somehow managed to get to the end of each day. I'm not being physically strong. I'm merely surviving at the moment, until that day the sleep begins to return and my body starts to grow in strength again. A wonderful Christian man called Pete Grieg posted this on his social media yesterday, and I was really struck by it, because in every way it speaks powerfully to me where I'm at now. When life is tough, they tell you to be strong. Don't be strong, be weak. Unclench your fists. Dare to be vulnerable. Honest weakness takes courage. It affirms our common humanity, deepens friendships and elicits grace. This is me. This is why I think my story has touched people in a way I never intended or expected. I have dared to be vulnerable. I have dared to admit that I feel weak. And particularly for a bloke, this isn't something we do very well, if at all. But for me, I can't be any other way. Thanks to Simon Thomas for sharing his thoughts in this toughest of times for him as he grieves the loss of his wife. What an inspiration though. While I've not suffered the loss of my wife, praise the Lord, I have suffered the loss of something very precious to me, my job. And with it my home as well. And while it may not be the same grief that Simon Thomas is going through, I too find myself grieving for my loss. But until now, when people have asked me how I'm feeling, I've glibly replied, because it's the unwritten expectation of a man, oh, hurt, angry, betrayed, but other than that, I'm fine. Rubbish. I'm not fine. I'm struggling. I'm hurting. I'm not sleeping that well. And I'm crying inwardly. And now slowly more and more outwardly too. Like Simon, I'm trying to find things to do to occupy my time while Anne is at work trying not to leave too many long silences between my music playing and the radio or TV going on, so I'm constantly distracted from thinking about the horrible circumstances I find myself in, and having to find excuses to get up in the morning, 
and to get out of the flat from time to time. This journey isn't going to be an easy one, and it's not going to be a short one either. But I do know this from the closing verses of Romans 8. It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present nor things to come, nor height or depth, or any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's all for this week. As always, thanks for listening, and please do feel free to share the show on your own social media feeds and with your churches and friends and families. You can find Christians in My Soup on iTunes, where you can subscribe and never miss an episode, and leave us a review too. We're on Facebook, Google+, YouTube and Blogger at Christians in My Soup, and on Twitter at Sims2017, that's C-I-M-S 2017. Yep, we're almost all over social media. Next week on Christians in My Soup, well, tune in and find out. But until then, take care of yourselves, and God bless you all. You've been listening to Christians in My Soup, written and produced by Russ Hilton. You can find Christians in My Soup on iTunes, Facebook and Twitter. And you can contact the show by email at cims2017 at hotmail.com. 